You're listening to episode eight, This is 40, part one, exposure opens imagination. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This is a podcast with the mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. Hello, darlings, and we are in episode number eight, and I am currently in vacation mode because this week next time I will be in Tulum, Mexico, celebrating my 40th birthday. I can remember when I was turning 30 and I was ready to turn 30. There was like something in the air about turning 30 that made me feel like I was really coming into my womanhood. I was secure in who I was going to be. I was secure in my decisions and I was going to stay 30 forever. And I had 10 whole years before I turned 40 and 10 years really did seem like forever. Literally, I turned 30 and thought I had tons of time But how many of us know that 10 years is not a lot of time and those 10 years have flown by and on Sunday I will be 40 years old and a lot has happened in those 10 years. Actually, a lot has happened in the last 40 years, which is like four decades, my friends. And so I wanted to take this opportunity and this episode, I'm actually going to do another episode to next week with the hashtag this is 40 and I really wanted to talk about the life lessons that I've learned not 40 of them but just kind of encompassing those lessons that are crucial and essential in my life it is about taking the small steps the daily do's that cause our future changes one of those lessons I was reminded of a couple of weeks back, and it's that people are humans. I know we know that, but do we really know that? Because I feel like if we did, we wouldn't treat each other as badly as we do. If we sit and look past the color of their skin, hairdos, fashion preferences, religious choices, sexuality, socioeconomic status, political affiliations, or disabilities, we would see that the people we judge or look at with disdain strictly because of these categories hurt just like we do, they're scared just like we are, they want affection, love, and community just like we do. Maslow was right human needs at its basic level we all not only desire but we need food water rest to basically live so we're pretty much all the same we're humans and two weeks ago I spent three days with my daughter and a school of seven through 12th graders on a spiritual advance that the school takes them on every year I was looking forward to this one because it was my daughter's first and my husband and I had already been to a couple of them and knew what to expect. It's actually really incredible that the school does this because they have an international population 
And this gives the kids an opportunity to spend time with each other, to gel together as a community, to find their friends, to find their people, and also to lean in spiritually for the next year. So needless to say, I had a blast. Lack of sleep because seventh grade girls are super silly and friendships mean so much to them. It felt like it was 150 degrees outside in the South Georgia heat. I was dehydrated by the time we made it back to the school on Friday, but I loved every single moment of it. Not only did the kids inspire me, but I found some new friends on that journey. I saw kids from all over the world with different skin colors, physical abilities, straight A students, some students that are challenged with their grades. And guess what? It didn't matter. They swam together. They ate together. They supported each other when they were scared to ride the zip line. They encouraged each other. They hugged each other during chapels when they shared some of their fears and pains and cried out for prayer because it was a safe place. I saw some friends rolling other friends around in the wheelchair or hailing down a golf cart because their particular friend needed a little more help to get from point A to point B. They shared gummy bears at 2 a.m. in the morning. They tried to learn each other's language. It was a reminder that people are human. I remember two girls in my room being taken aback when I greeted them in their language. I know it likely didn't sound right, but they understood and appreciated that someone took the time to learn. I knew they would be in my room, and I constantly asked my daughter to tell me their names before we got to the cabins, so they would know they mattered, even if their names were hard to pronounce to me. Once people know you care, they start to open up. And exposure opens up imagination. You know why diversity and inclusion is so important in our careers and business and even in our lives? It's because people are not all the same. And when we get in a room full of different ideas, imaginations, and visions, you open up the door for innovation and infinite possibilities. Think about this. How many of your friends or people you associate with look, act, or believe the same way you do? In this situation, it's hard for you to move past this level of thought and exposure. We tend to imagine at the level of our exposure. When I was my daughter's age, the world was so big. And although I had been exposed to many different cultures because my father was in the military, I still could only see through the lens of my own exposure. I could imagine places I read about in the encyclopedia for the millennials and everyone that was born after Gen X's. An encyclopedia is a book that held all the information that we needed. It was like Google in a book, but it wasn't real time. I had to experience different things through media, which often told the story through the lens of the journalist. But even with my exposure, it was extremely limited in comparison to what we have now. My son thinks going to the Philippines is as easy as jumping on a plane. He knows it's a 20-hour trip, but it's so obtainable to him because he has been exposed to what it looks like. 
the language of the people, the food, all through technology, but also the people he comes in contact with. He has never stepped foot in the Philippines, but to him, he isn't afraid of it because he has been exposed. We are oftentimes afraid of that which we don't understand. That's exactly what fear is. It's the emotion that is usually prompted by the unknown. Exposure provides understanding. We are not naturally drawn to people, things, or environments that are different than what we know. And so that brings on a fear, a fear of the unknown. My father was in the military, so I had the unique opportunity that introduced me to different cultures early on in life. As a child and even an adult, I never feared flying because I had been exposed to air travel at such a young age. If I didn't know anything else, I knew the ability to fly around the world was possible because I had been exposed to it. I talked about not really knowing what was out there career-wise while I was in high school because I hadn't been exposed to it. I understood that my neighbor that looked different, that talked different, could be the same person that protected my father if they were ever in a war situation. I ate bratwurst for the first time at five. I could count, say hi and bye in German before I was six. I ate kimchi for the first time at eight years old. I was accustomed to entering Christina's house, taking off my shoes at the door and eating sticky rice on the floor with her family. I was also a Polynesian dancer at 11, and I loved watching the preparation for the pig roast. I also remembered when Christina's father had brain surgery. Her tears were no different than mine. I saw her mother worry the same way my mother would worry if that were my father. I celebrated Ramadan for the first time at 15, although I wasn't Muslim, but I wanted to be sensitive to my friend who was. I went to a high school that represented about 42 different countries and right up the street in a little town called Clarkston, which is where I graduated high school, has easily seen over 40,000 refugees over the past 25 years. It's so easy to stay in our own little corners of the world, but what fun would that be? I could have been surrounded by all this culture and still decided to stay within my own little slice of earth but my parents were intentional about having friends of all backgrounds. It's this intention that I wanted my children to be around. I wanted them to not only uh, see parts of the world, but I wanted them to interact with kids that were different than they were. I'm intentional about having coffee with a mom from the school that's from the Middle East or doing cryo with my Latinx and Haitian friends. It's this exposure that causes me to look at things through a global lens. Exposure is intentional. It's a reminder that anything is possible. I know you may not be invited to the cool kids club, so drive by the club where you want to be a member and order water and salad, if that's all that's in your budget. Go volunteer at that conference that you desire to speak at if you can't pay registration. Or go volunteer at a conference that doesn't require you to register so you can get a feel for how it's run. It's not only opening yourself to other people, but it's opening yourself to other things and other places. Exposure opens up the imagination. And the imagination 
is just the starting point. I watched a documentary about the orientation of gangs in LA and one of the men being interviewed said that he had not been outside a five mile radius of where he lived. Can you imagine that? It's true. You've met people like this. By the way, if you are one of those people that have never been outside the city, there's no judgment. But listen, it's okay. But I want to challenge you to get in your car, take an Uber, public transportation, or maybe you have to hop on your bike, but go somewhere outside of the town where you live. Go people watching. See how things are done on that side of town. Take in the scenery and dream. You, my friend, by just leaving your comfort zone and going more than five miles from where you live, has just switched your mind to enter into the land of possibilities. Okay, let's do this. Maybe you've been around the world and met amazing people and have seen all the sights and everything. What is something you haven't done that you can change today? Today. So listen, I have never, never, ever, 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 ever liked negotiating. But I have been invited to attend a workshop. But the price, it isn't something I'm willing to pay. And for four days, I've been tossing back and forth about calling to negotiate this price. So if you agree, tomorrow, I'm calling to negotiate that price. And I'll let you know how it went on our next episode. But what this does is that it opens up me to be exposed to a situation that I've never really had to be in. I've never really had to negotiate much outside of a salary or outside of PTO, but this is something I'm negotiating for myself. I'm going in and I'm gonna ask them to lower the price. And so imagination is just the starting point because I can imagine that they're gonna answer the phone and they're gonna tell me, yes, it's fine, we'll lower the price. I can imagine it all day long, but unless I do the work of actually picking up the phone and or emailing and asking for that, it will never happen. So it's your turn. What are you going to do from today until we meet next week that is going to expand your exposure? I know if you imagine it, you can have it. That is somewhat true. I also understand that what you say and see will manifest for you. But let me tell you what is true. What is true is that your imagination is just your starting point. So let me take you on a journey of my imagination. When I think about my organization or our organization built out, I think about a place where we're going to be able to give our partners, which we call employees, the opportunity to come work for us. And some of these people will be people that other people have thrown away or people that need a second chance. I can see walking into a store and getting amazing customer service and feeling like, you know what, this person has what it takes. We can train them. We can do what we need to do. I can see that we give our partners the opportunity for devotion in the morning if they want. We're going to close the organization for two weeks during the Christmas holiday so our partners can have times with their family. And this isn't going to be something charged to PTO. I can see all this as clear as possible. 
But none of this, none of this will happen within my imagination alone. The imagery is just to provide a picture of what can be done. The execution is the work that that brings it to pass. Everyone has heard this before. Faith without works is dead. And whether you're a believer or not, I know you are shaking your head in agreement with me. Things drop in our lap when you have the capacity to hold it, meaning you have to do the work. So tomorrow, I'm negotiating that price. I'm believing they will say yes, but I won't know until I call. I know we've all heard, if you build it, they'll come. If you build it, they will not come without intention. There is groundwork to be done. If you don't start, you will never know that you could actually fly. Listen close, my friend. Go get a paper and a pen or open up the notes tab. Open up the notes app on your iPhone. We have three months left in the year and I know you are ambitious, but pretend with me for a minute that you can only work on one goal for the end of the year. Write down that one goal. And once you write it, write this statement. I will, whatever the goal is going to be, complete it by December 31st, 2019. Now I need you to listen really, really closely because I'm going to put on my project management hat. Look at your calendar and each week until December 31st, add only one task that you will complete in order to reach that goal that you wrote down. And you only concentrate on that one goal in that week. I've learned that it's not just writing goals or coming up with goals. It's not even all about achieving goals. Because if you achieve the goal and you're overwhelmed and hating it, what goal setting is, is it's a discipline to learn. Take one goal with one result and one week for each action. You can do it. We can do it. And remember, while we're going along our day, while we're going along the next 10 years, remember that it is all about the small steps and enjoying the journey. People are humans. Exposure opens up imagination. And imagination is just the starting point. Knowledge is like a garden. If it is not cultivated, it cannot be harvested. The meaning of this proverb is, if you don't make efforts to acquire knowledge, then you would not expect to have it. And if you do not put the knowledge you have to use, you cannot expect to gain anything from it. An African proverb. Thank you again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show a podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star review and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram at I am Portia Scott, Facebook at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world. <laughs>